0: Our Patreon supporters get this show early and completely ad-free. Uh, you can find out more how to subscribe for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash sunranto. But uh, this version of the show is brought to you by our sponsors, sponsors like MyBookie.ag. Now, I know a lot of you guys are football fans, and the season has completely changed, and now you're just watching your favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test. So why don't you do the same and put your skills to the test? We're almost halfway through the football season. and It's almost time for baseball, not really. But uh, why don't you get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie.ag. My bookie is the premier place to bet- place all your bets on your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the entire planet. Earth. Planet Earth. I'm not sure about neighboring planets that might harbor life. But um, if you're going to bet this season, just bet with my bookie because that's the smart thing to do. And if you like to... Bet a little, win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. If you're tired of watching the game from the couch with nothing to gain, my bookie wants to get your mind off everything and get back in the game. Best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit, and uh, you can use it on all your favorite picks. So use promo code CHAIR, and that will activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, and double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You know what they say. You play, you win, you get paid.
2: Covey. Blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, car, Sunrento. rento. Michael Cotton, rento. Michael Cotton, rento and the love of Son Ranto. Michael, rento.
0: was literally high cotton <laughs> very high. singing high you've never done it in that um helium-y way
1: no no, no. hey it's it's all season cubes right yeah, we, try gotta, a new we gotta have something going on
0: yeah so and uh hi hi cotton how you doing hi and uh <laughs> of course uh, i'm danny rocket and also on the show we've got uh, creepy crawly living under rocks hiding in a tree
3: creepy crawly
0: How you
4: doing, Crawley? Uh, You know, that snow took a lot of the leaves out of my tree, so, you know, I'm more exposed.
0: You're exposed to what? The elements. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, oh, I see. ever since the tree lost its leaves, and uh, so now you're mostly under the rock? Under the rock. Yeah. So, this is a Cubs podcast. There's no Cubs baseball to talk about, but let's talk about... um, I got an announcement. All right. The unconventional is booked. It's, well, it got booked when Cubs convention got booked. It's the weekend of uh, January 18th. Well, that's the Saturday any way. And we're going to be at G-Man Tavern. I booked it. And um, also, and this is exciting, the Bleacher Bum Band's going to play. But even more exciting, Corey Finneran and Tawny Finneran have a band, you know, from Ivy Envy, and they're going to play. They're like five songs, they said. We're going to do a white elephant. Michael Cotton, are you coming to this thing?
1: I do not have plans to come to this thing at the moment, but I don't know. Maybe.
0: Well, you're invited. <laughs>
1: I'm invited.
0: Yeah, You don't even have to pay. You get in I'm free. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't get invited to anything. Yeah, well, Just you're, that. You're... I'm, I'm like uh, the guy that doesn't win the Oscar. I'm like, ah, oh, it was nice to be nominated.
0: And Crawley, of course you're invited, but I know you're g- going to try to win the flag that flew over historic relief field during Cubs bingo from Wade Messmer.
4: It's my white whale that I still chase. <laughs>
0: okay, Ahab. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, either way, I think we're going to go all night. So wh- I was going to ask you, what time does bingo usually wrap up downtown?
4: Uh, that's uh, usually around 10, I want to say. hmm Tend to I tend to lose my sense of time during Cubs convention where I'm kind of in this hotel and I don't see daylight or sunlight or the night or anything. It's a bit Been of fresh a, air for like 72 hours.
0: It's a bit of a Cubs vortex. I oftentimes have to leave the hotel and go out by myself and get some fresh air when I'm there because it does. It's a lot of people, but I think there's going to be less people this year. More people will be at the unconventional on January 18th than will be at Cubs convention. Mark my words. Just to see Corey and Tawny play rock and roll. Um, but anyway, I hope you come up afterwards, Crawley, and hang out. With I'm going to try
4: to make it. I mean, last time I went, like I said, I won big time with the raffles. There's so many great prizes there.
0: Yeah, we're, yeah. I don't know. I don't have much raffle stuff this year. You know, I don't. I, I need uh, I need to up my raffle game. I need to. Maybe I have a bobblehead laying around or something. The bobblehead sucked this year. That's. I mean, it's the Cubs' fault. I'm not going. to Yeah, say they were. They were like
1: fucking Rizzo on a boat. And they, they know, were some-
0: four inches tall they were puny, just gypped all year,
1: so all the ranchers out there who have uh just shit the not not garbage, good shit
2: well we're gonna if you the- want to
1: donate then then hit us up, email us first, don't just send shit
0: well it's we're we're not really raising money for anything at this this year we don't have a charity that we're giving any money to we're going to charge 10 bucks at the door cuz we got to pay G-Man Tavern 200 bucks to well, even have the room
1: No, let's let's do a charity. We'll we'll figure something. I'll tell you fucking three months. I'll
0: tell you the charity. Uh, It's kind of a chair. It's not a charity. It's a rock band. We need money to make our album. The Bleacher Bums is making an album. (laughs) It's going to cost us money to make the album. So we're going to throw around a bucket and be like, hey, everybody, if you wouldn't mind throwing in a little bit, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever you got to help us make this record happen.
1: I don't know that that's uh, tax deductible, so I'm not giving you any money. All right. understand. (laughs) I I understand. Um, I, I got to look out for number one here, Danny. So I, us rich people who only give money when we can uh, write that shit off. Hey, we, we're, we're not we're not supporting fans.
0: Yeah, Did you see Ricketts? Uh, he missed the David Ross press conference. Tom did. Laura was there. Uh, oh, he didn't miss it. He he, no, he had to go. It. Yeah, he, no, he had to go to an IRS tax thing because he was not paying taxes on what was it? That wasn't the that house was, thing.
4: No, that was uh, that was uh, Todd Ricketts. That
0: was Todd with the house thing. This was about the luxury. What he no. wasn't paying the luxury tax. Well, he's he doesn't want to do that at all. We'll <laughs> get Didn't to that. Did Manfred call him on the carpet? No, no. What it was was uh, something shady about the way they structured the purchase from the Tribune.
1: Oh, yeah, everybody's story down. Everybody. Yeah. That was some bullshit. So
0: he said, oh, I got to miss David Ross's presser because I got to meet with the guy about the IRS and the tax dude. And sorry. But
1: um, when it comes to fleecing the American public out of uh, public funds Uh or going to see David Ross. I'm fleecing
0: the American public. Well, that's how he's going to pay for David Ross and all the amazing new players we're going to get this year. Um, we'll talk about that. There are lots of lots of movement in the MLB right now and a little bit on the Cubs and some stuff with some ex-Cubs. But first, I want to shout out Bill Suggs, who sang in a, um, a holiday song for uh, a holiday song parody. He's the only one that did it, but I keep singing the holiday songs on Facebook. I love it. Um, so here's Bill.
5: Imagine having me as your uncle at Christmas time. Oh, I do <laughs> every Christmas. Event. I imagine Kimbrough, that every Christmas. The overpaid reliever couldn't save an effing game <laughs> compared to other relievers. He was pretty effing lame. All of the players and coaches used to laugh and call him names. They wouldn't let poor Kimbrel play in any road trip games. (laughs) Then one foggy July game, Madden came to say, Kimbrel, with your arm so lame, can (laughs) you save this effing game? Then all the fans just lost it, and they cursed his name with glee. Kimbrel, the overpaid reliever, caught us baseball history. Merry
0: Christmas! <laughs>
4: that was very good, Bill. That was very good. I love Bill.
0: Bill Sugar so much. Bill's great. Yeah, he's one of my favorite people in the whole world, and um, and great song, very funny, and uh, it, but it did give me thinking. And I, this isn't necessarily news right now, or Cubs news, or anybody's talking about it, but maybe us in this very moment, but. Was Kimbrell a mistake? Like, they, did they go out and get Kimbrell and, and there's something that all the other teams saw that was, you know, not worth paying for? And in a desperation move by the Cubs to try to save the season, they went out and got um, somebody they shouldn't have gotten and paid a lot of money? Is this what, I mean, it, what happened?
4: It was it was clear that the bullpen was a mess from before the season started. Then you started having issues with Montgomery. Uh, you had the Carl Edwards who uh, is now elected to go to free agency, but uh, you had Carl Carl Edwards with the uh, mechanics problem in the delivery that the umpires called him out at the beginning of the season. So you had a, a bullpen in bad shape. Everyone that they signed bullpen wise was just garbage. Uh, Xavier Cedeno, uh, all the, all these guys, and so basically they luck—I don't want to say lucked out—but because of Dobris' family situation. They were able to kind of scrounge up enough money to get a little bit more from Tom to do it. The problem is is I think it's really hard to all of a sudden rush in and be ready to play when everyone's already been playing for what? Since since uh, March they've been playing, and now it's – I think they got him in what, July? And then you kind of rush him through to try to get him ready. The guy was never ready. He was never Right. Um, So you're feeling positive
0: that with a full spring training and a full year that it would it will end up being a good signing because it's not like they're paying him nothing. They gave him a shit ton of money, you know, to be the anchor of the bullpen. And so that's got to work out. Right.
4: Well, I mean, that's what you hope for. Bullpens are a funny thing and relievers are a funny thing. You never know when all of a sudden things just kind of start going crazy. I just think that I would have liked to have seen what would have happened if they would have not gone on the cheap and just signed him from the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah. Well, th- this is what would have happened. He would have hurt his arm in June instead of September.
0: <laughs> so there you go. Because no. because you're smelling another Brandon Morrow is what yeah. you're saying. No, I, I kind of was right the right thing
1: fence. to do at the time. I am still very optimistic he's going to come back and, and do well. Uh Morrow is still that fucking bad taste in your mouth, though. A, a, so, a bad taste that cost nervous.
0: $3 million to buy out of his contract. <laughs> Talk about cost making $3 a
1: million dollars to save to eat dog shit million.
0: Yeah, it's like here I'll I'll. If you eat this dog shit, you can pay me $3 million. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's literally Tom Ricketts right now. Eating dog shit and paying $3 million for it.
4: You know, especially pitchers that have such a history injury. And and, and in Chicago, we know this from Kerry Wood. You know, there's no doubt that Kerry Wood was by far, when you saw him in his prime at his best, he was otherworldly. But he could never stay healthy, and that was moral. So when you were talking about, uh, you know, three-year contract or two-year with the club option player, you know, all that stuff after he just pitched more than he had ever pitched, you know, going deep into October with the Dodgers, it was, it was a, a very nerve wracking signing that you, you knew that if he could be healthy, he's one of the most dominant pitchers out there. But the problem is he's never healthy.
0: Well, and that's the the thing that's going to happen now signings because the Cubs, uh 40 man stands at 32. Um, I, I mean, Every player that ever played for the Red Sox definitely has a chance at being on the Cubs next year. That is for sure. We could already book that. Um, but do you trust Theo right now? I mean, the winter meetings are coming up. They're in a month. By the way, I'm going. I'm going to be out there. I, I um, Well, what happened is like, I the winter meetings, the, the tickets were cheap. The winter meetings uh, are the first weekend of December right after I opened my show at Trapdoor Theater. And uh, also, my niece just got cast as Annie in Annie. And I was like, and it's right there in San Diego. And I'm like, well, I'm going to it all then. I've got double reason to go. And then I realized, like, what the hell? I don't have access to anything at the winter meetings. I can't even get to into the press conferences. <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to do? Just walk around? Like, No, I- hey,
1: NBC. NBC Sports. Use that fucking Outside the Ivy thing to get in there. Yeah. Well, you
4: I- know what,
0: Danny?
1: I need to
4: buy the, clothes. The theory... The theory I always go through in life is act like you belong there. And most of the time people won't give you shit anyway.
0: Yeah, I need some clothes. I need to fit in. I can't go down there looking like a hippie like I always do because I like to dress comfort. I mean, I would wear sweatpants on outside the Ivy if I didn't think they'd look sideways at me. You know what I mean?
1: Well, we we know that you like to go shirtless and just go uh, the, the jean vest and the no shirt on outside the Ivy
0: i I do enjoy that, but it, it that seems a t- a touch sideways looked at <laughs> like I felt you know, I took my shirt off on the show if you didn't know that it was only on the Facebook part of the show, but uh I mean hell i I lost a lot of weight. I'm proud of it.
1: It <laughs> was not Facebook. It was, that was chest and belly. Oh folks. yeah.
0: Uh, chest and belly. On, oh yeah. On the TV when we came back from commercial, but you didn't see the, me changing. That was awkward. Cause my microphone flew all over the place and I didn't even, they didn't believe oh, me that I was going to no, do I it. I
1: saw the whole thing. Okay. It was awkward.
0: It was very awkward for everybody and, and televised. So, um, uh, so anyway, I'm going out to the winter meetings. If you happen to be in San Diego and want to go see Annie, I'll be in Oceanside too. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about that. I cried. I'm so proud of them. So yeah. it does put that up there. But um, and also uh, speaking of uh, not going shirtless, I did make some great shirts that are available on Amazon right now under the SunRanto Swag brand. Um, that say it, it's gonna it's flying off the shelves already, boys, because it's so catchy. Don't let the pleasure exceed the accountability. Oh, it's good.
1: <laughs> oh, the complicated T-shirts.
0: Yeah, everybody just loves it. With the holidays coming, makes a great stocking stuffer to remind everybody in your life that you expect better things from them. Um, so, Also, I should mention that uh, we have an Amazon search bar. I never push that. I'm like, hey, uh, Christmas is coming. So if you go to com slash shopping and you search through the bar and then you buy shit, then we get like 80 cents.
1: And and you know what you can buy on Amazon? That shirt. <laughs> you, well, that shirt, but also my Christmas book, Going North to the Pole, by me. It's a it's a beautiful, heartwarming Christmas poem that you'll love to share with your family for generations to come
0: now i've only read the title but i assume it's about <laughs> it's about it's about well and the it, author i wrote i read the author like by. it's about christmas strippers yeah that's what i figure it's about right santa it claus is. goes to the pole because he needs money for christmas and uh you know the like the, the elves are on strike and he's like i really want to pay these elves but like no
1: no 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 see you're the, you're the you're chinese totally are, are killing
0: you. me on trade here is that, it?
1: It's about oh. strippers on the south side who, in a south Christmas side of what, the miracle, north
0: pole? get moved up to a north
1: side strip club
0: Ooh, where all the money is. Uh, so uh, in, right, are they from the South Pole? No, no, no. no south side of Chicago. Oh, all right. they're,
1: they're south side strippers who they go north to the pole. And uh, the pole is just a different pole, but it's on the north side where people have a
4: lot more money.
0: Sounds like a great children's book.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's a Christmas miracle.
0: It is. I I like what Evan Altman turned it into on Twitter uh, after it was kind of released that uh, Tom Ricketts is still out of money, completely out of money. But um, that he said, don't let the accounting exceed the accountability. Yes. (laughs) Which is really he nailed that one. So that's the next shirt. So make sure you get that and stuff your stockings.
1: Oh, for all the accountants in your lives, don't let the accounting exceed the accountability.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a good shirt. Um, I hope I don't get sued by obvious shirts. I know that guy. I'll have a talk. I'm like, listen, it's just a joke. Nobody's buying it.
1: Well, you use a completely different font and everything. It's totally
0: different. Do I? Do I? I Um, believe you do. So, and some, we do have a little Cubs news in great Cubs news. The, the captain, not official, but the captain of the Cubs. The captain.
1: My captain. No captain.
0: My captain. My captain. Wins the gold glove. And the Cubs also picked up his $16 million option, which is no surprise to anybody. And I mean, and I was thinking, I'm like. OK, I mean, Rizzo's win won gold gloves. He won the platinum glove that one year. But when I think of Rizzo, I think of him being as a solid uh, first baseman. But then I got to thinking, like, who else is out there that's going to take him that from him? Like, who won it? He didn't win it every year, right? No, I believe
1: Goldschmidt won uh, one year in Arizona. Uh, I think it's from Atlanta. Freddie Friedman is usually up there. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just there. been Goldschmidt and uh, Rizzo for like five years. I may be completely off base there, but.
0: So, and because I'm looking up and down the list, I mean, you know, like Brandon Belt and, you know, y- yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, unimpressive. Um. So anyway, congrats to, <laughs> to Anthony Rizzo for beating off, uh, beating off, for beating all the other uh, un- 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 unimpressive. <laughs> Congratulations
1: first- Rizzo for beating off Goldschmidt.
0: Well, you know, first base. You know, he's in a lot of plays, and you got to be able to pick it, of course. And, you know, Rizzo, for such a big guy to do the splits like he does, oh, man, it's amazing. But um,
4: Not only that, um, how he crashes on those bunt attempts, he does so much that the Cubs have been blessed. If you think of our lifetime of how many great first basemen have played for the Cubs, I mean, you know, when I can think back all the way to Billy Buckner, uh, Leon Durham, Mark Grace, uh, Derek Lee, you know, into Rizzo. I mean, we've had a really great history of first baseman, especially defensive first basemen.
0: Yeah, and it's and on a lot of teams, they just kind of put you know whoever over there. It seems, yeah, you know, it's a it, like the day of the like the you would want the, your power hitter hitter at third base and first base, and they just put like the big fat guy like. um uh, what's the, the, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The guy that looks like Kyle Schwarber, but fatter now
4: uh, Vogelbach, uh, Vogelbach Vogelbach. Yeah. Yeah. The-
0: that's who your first baseman would be. Just the big fat guy, a Prince fielder, you know, although an athletic fat guy, but like Anthony Rizzo, like I do agree with you, Crawley. It, it's really been wonderful. Like the entire history of first base. I know Ernie Banks came up a shortstop, but didn't he play a lot of first base at the end too?
4: In he the end did. of his career, he played first base. So on that 1969 team that everyone loved so much, he was the first baseman.
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm looking here, and it looks like uh, Paul Goldschmidt won in 13 and 14 and 17. And then, no, 13, no, no, 15, no. and 17. Rizzo won in 16, 18, and 19. But Freddie Freeman shared it with them last year.
4: And you had Adrian Gonzalez in 2014.
1: Yeah, he he was the outlier, but beyond that, it's just Goldschmidt and Rizzo, like from twenty thirteen on.
0: Yeah, and and it's you kind of take it for granted until you see somebody else over there that can't do what Rizzo can do, you know. And I think that Victor Carapetini plays a pretty mean first base. Who else was over there this year for the Cubs? Ian Hap played a little bit. Ian Hap, yeah, and, yeah. But you do notice a difference, you know, just kind of like uh, you know, the oh yeah, just. Uh, I mean, the Cubs were pretty bad defensively, you know, this year, and Rizzo was out a lot. I don't think there's – I think that might be a one-to-one ratio situation. But um, anyway, congrats, Anthony Rizzo. But the real story is uh, the Cubs moves right now. Uh, Ricketts went on the radio, and this was last week, and he basically said – I mean, what everybody took from it anyway is that the Cubs are going to go under the luxury tax, obviously with the – aging uh, superstar young ball players that are now older only a couple of years <laughs> left of control uh, they're getting very expensive Brian's gonna be making just under 20 million everybody's getting raises by as everybody's getting raises um so uh, you know they're already bumping up against that uh, luxury tax thing I think they come down. Under it, they did spend some money. They picked up the $10 million on Q. People are saying they might trade him. Um, but then they uh, declined most options on, like... Uh, they declined Kendall Graveman, which was a little bit of a surprise because seemed like could be a cheap option, but I guess they didn't believe in him. Uh, the Dutch Oven at $7 million, they declined him. Phelps at $5 million, they declined. The only one they really picked up is Colin Rhea. So um i mean these are just internal moves for the most part nothing's unexpected obviously they pick up brizzo but i mean what are they going to do
4: there's there's a lot of concern and what what irritated a lot of cub fans was that you know after right after the david res uh david ross press conference he said as an organization we're not talking about payroll or luxury tax at all I feel like every time we've been at all specific or even allowed people to make inferences from things we've said, it just puts us in a hole strategically. And then all of a sudden, a few days later, Rick comes on and starts telling everybody about how uh, maybe we can't keep them all because of the salaries they'll demand over the next few years. He's talking about uh, not spending money or spending big, and I don't know what he was doing. It just went contrary to what Theo was saying.
0: Well, he's saying they already do spend big. He's like, and he said there's not a one to one ratio of spending money and winning championships. He's like, spending and winning don't go together. And I'm like, well, they kind of do. He's like, look at the Rays. I'm like, well, then act like the Rays and hire better people to scout your, you, you know, scout your draft picks, or I don't know what you got to do.
4: Right. Tampa Bay has great developmental talent that they they work on all the time. I mean, and and they put together good teams on the cheap yeah and i'm guessing they're
1: spending a lot of money on that it just doesn't show up uh on the payroll you know what i mean like you can spend a shit ton of money in the lower levels in your coaches and shit like that and that's not going to show up on your payroll and that won't put you over the luxury tax but they're not doing that they spent a bunch of money to build like a facility down in uh Latin America somewhere, but that's the Dominican it. Republic. Yeah. The Dominican Republic. They did that. But since then, what have we heard? Like, what has been the developmental process that we have
0: seen? Well, from the Cubs, not much yeah. of anything. And and that's, that's the thing is like, and that, and that is the disappointment. So when you look at it, you got all these young, well, middle, not, well, not middle aged, but like, you know, in the middle of their youth, <laughs> You know, two years left of control for a lot of these guys. That's your window. That's the contract window for a lot of these dudes. And you you look at some of them that didn't develop the way you thought, and there's really nobody coming to save the team. Like, you're not going to put that much on Nico Horner to be, oh, he's going to come up, or like Braylon Marquez. Like, nobody's going to come up and like save this thing right now. You have to buy it or trade for it like – I mean, it seems to me that they just don't have any wiggle room right now. And if they don't, you know, drop some money, whether somebody would take a, you know, if the Cubs would pay for half of Hayward and he went to 14 million for another team for the end of his contract or I don't know, but they've, they've got to do something. They've got to dislodge it somehow. Otherwise we're looking at another D- Daniel Descalso off season and that means like nobody's going to buy one hundred twenty five dollar tickets to Cubs convention or tickets at all <laughs> for, you know, when they go on sale, uh, you know, for stocking stuff for soon. You know what I mean?
4: Can you imagine the people that bought those expensive club tickets, whether they are talking about the Catalina or the 1914 or the barrel room? I mean, you're paying top dollar and what are you going to see out there?
0: Well, you don't see anything out well, there
4: because yeah, you're inside. Say,
1: Nothing. You're in a fucking basement drinking <laughs> whiskey with a bunch of other rich fuckers.
0: <laughs> but um, no, but I, I get your point. I mean, they built all this shit and then they're just kind of letting the team go to shit at the same time. And it seems like there's a disconnect. And it, you know, knowing the Cubs fan history of being a part of it, you know, there were many, many a year where they just would kind of throw a bunch of guys out there that you had maybe heard of because they were How about on other Marlon
4: bird. How about Fred McGriff? Right.
0: Yeah. And just like, you're like, Oh Ooh, yeah. You're like, yeah, I'll buy tickets to that. And then they're just like a 500 team or less. And you know, and, but you, they can get away with that because they've got the attraction that is Wrigley field. It's like almost like a, you know, and, uh, you know, a stone around our neck in a way, because, Regardless of how shitty the team is, people are going to still show up on Saturdays in July.
4: Yeah, but-, but I think what you're looking at now is there. There, there are a lot of. It, there was a time where you know I've been a season ticket holder since uh, 2002, and I can just tell you how much the prices have exponentially gone up. So yeah, it, it used to be one of those things that the tickets weren't that horribly priced. That even if they sucked, well, might as well just go and have some fun. But now you're talking about the prices of everything. Like I said, now now you're saying, OK, well, I have this ticket and it may cost you 60, 50 bucks just for the ticket, not for the parking, not for the $11 beers. I think there's less and less people seeing a lot of value of just going to a ball game.
0: Yeah. And if you can't go, I mean, you, you're letting that ticket go. If the team's, you know, under 500 or not an exciting ball club to watch, uh, you're letting that ticket go maybe on StubHub unsold or half price. Probably or
4: or even worse. And, and, and I'm hearing a lot of season ticket holders who aren't renewing and there's always probably going to be someone to try to, you know, we'll step up into that place. But there's only so long you can keep doing that.
0: Yeah, I I think there there's a big shakeout coming. But and but here's the thing. It's a they have no options without a big shakeup right now. And in some ways, I kind of wish they would just be like, listen, we're going to compete In 2021, because we're going to get younger, we're going to get leaner, we're going to get meaner, we're going to set this thing up for another window. There's no such thing as windows anymore. We're just going to compete all the time. But, you know, we got a little bit behind that mission when we won the World Series and all hell broke loose. You know, I wish they would just be honest with us as opposed to, you know... You know, lower the ticket prices, lower the beer prices for a year. You know, come on out to the ballpark and have fun again. We're going to be somewhat competitive in a possibly weak Central Division. You know,
4: something's got to change because you know the people that I'm talking to are diehards and they're thinking about giving up their tickets or not going any on anymore. So. Like I said, you got these super expensive seats. People are going to expect when you talk about those, those uh, club seats. I mean, those are some of the best seats in reality. When you just go down there, you grab your beers and you grab your food and it's all inclusive, but your seats are really great, but they're still expensive.
0: Oh God. they are a couple hundred bucks a game for the cheap uh, on the cheap days at at the very least. Well, uh, they'll be really excited to know, and this might make them renew for one more year. That the Cubs did pick up Colin Ria, and uh, nobody's more excited than his parents, Daya and Ghana. Boy, they are <laughs> just thrilled. Um, no, uh, Colin Ria, they picked him up from the Padres. He had some injury issues, and then he actually won the Pacific Coast uh, Pitcher of the Year. Uh, he went 14 and 4 at a 395 ERA, which I guess uh, because they, you know, in AAA, they were using the juiced ball too. So he had a 395, and you're like, eh, but that was the second-best ERA in the Pacific Coast League. Yeah. 148 innings pitched. So, I mean, I think we might see him get a chance. Like, this will be – it's not too early to talk about spring training and dudes that might be competing for a roster spot, but I think Colin Ria might be one of them going for a number five starter and maybe uh it's between him and chatwood to get back in there maybe there's a couple other arms but they're or,
1: not or chatwood gets the inside you know inside track for the fifth starter and he's the long man
4: i think that you have to, you're gonna have to take a look with some of these guys uh piggybacking uh either raya or or uh chatwood if you say like say maybe like a Q start or a You know, some of the older guys, whether Lester, we don't know what we're going to get out of Lester this year, too. But uh, either way, I I would say that both of those guys would serve best in the bullpen. Like, do it
0: like the Brewers do it. You know, pick up... I mean, Rich Hill's out there this year, for example. Like, he's 40. Like, get a bunch of old guys out there. Like, Rich Hill, get out there. You're a lefty, three innings. Like, you know, uh, piggyback it the whole way. Have a bunch of long men in the bullpen. Because you're going to... You're right. You're going to need that from... Because of your older starters, you don't know where you're gonna get it. A lot of these guys, I mean, shit. Do you, I? I mean, you Darvish did great at the end of the year. He's we're all looking at him. And we're like, man, we really saw you come through. But it really wasn't like a whole year of it. We haven't even. We don't even know that. Kyle, and there's still,
4: and there were still some injury issues towards the end with the forearm.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you're kind of looking at a giant question mark of a of a starting rotation. And and once again. I wish they would just say, look, we don't really have it this year. Maybe these old guys put it together. Maybe we sign some random bat that catches fire. Like, you know, uh, lightning in a bottle. If like, you will.
1: Carlos yeah. oh, well, you like Carlos
0: Gonzalez? Yeah. Well, you never do. Like, Carlos Gonzalez. I mean, we that's what we hope for. We're like, oh, here's the old guy that's going to come and fix everything. He's just going to find the old juice and he's going to be back out there so excited to play. And that just wasn't the case. But we've seen it happen that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe uh, they could get, they get Billy Hamilton. Let's say, you know, they just declined his option. The Braves.
1: Well, uh, I mean, Billy Hamilton, sadly, might be, you know, one of the best options for a center fielder for the Cubs.
0: Well, they need one kind of because that's no what I'm
1: saying. Like they kind of need one, and there's not many other people out there.
0: But uh, just getting back to the moves, uh, Graveman. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise. I know Evan Altman took that from Cubs Insider, took that as like, well, guess the Cubs aren't spending money. And I was like, well, I don't know. Well,
4: You, had, mean- the, you had the same situation last year with uh, Drew Smiley. And with Drew Smiley was another, again, reclamation project. And, you know, they had to get rid of him to be able to pay for uh, the Cole Hamels contract, the 20 million contract. So that's where people are all of a sudden going, oh, great. Here we go again. We can't pay this guy. And we can't pay that guy. And it looks like it's cutting corners. Not saying that that's what they're doing. It just has that feel to it like it did last season.
1: Well, it's still- Yeah, it feels like PK Ricketts. He's, he's uh, running the show, and, you know, it's going to be a nice day at the ballpark. There will be nothing on the field to show for it.
0: Well, I Come mean, on down. I mean, with the training staff that the Cubs have had to, you know, you probably need – If you're going to do reclamation projects and get a guy back from uh, injuries, like if there's one complaint that we have, it's that the Cubs don't deal with injuries well, and then they sign a bunch of guys with injuries. And you're (laughs) like, what? I'm like, fine, take that market inefficiency and exploit it like this guy's coming back from TJ. He's going to give you sick value in two years. I get it. But have people that can... Deal with that, and maybe I mean, obviously I don't know, but it doesn't seem like they do because we don't see the light of day of any of these guys. Tony fucking Barnett, where's he? He quit on the team in the middle. He was so frustrated. He never even played for us. Anyway, right. it's well, they spent a lot of I money on injured guys last year. They just did. They spent like twenty million dollars on dudes that never even played for the team.
1: Oh, over the last like three or four years. Oh, yeah, they they spent. Oh, a then
0: it's of like a hundred million. Yeah. I'm exaggerating.
4: I think you're though, we've talked about this and and, and about the training staff and you're starting to see a shakeup. Some of it voluntary, some of it involuntary. Uh, Mark O'Neill has been with the Cubs since 2004. He's one of the head athletic directors. He's gone now. Uh, We talked uh, the other day about Tim buss.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Who was the
4: strength and conditioning coach? Who was really kind of the life of the party and the guy who got the players all jacked up in uh, spring training? Kind of was always doing silly stuff like that, goofy things, yeah, different American costumes.
0: American flag shorts, and like he seemed like a fun guy and everybody.
1: Oh yeah, when you'd be you'd be like doing a bench press, he just drop his nuts right on your forehead. Yeah. Like he was great.
0: He'd be like buses nutses. <laughs> He's hilarious. Oh, uh, <laughs> in my mind.
1: No. He, All right, I, guys, everybody ride the bus. Everybody on.
0: No, but he'll be missed, though, I think. I mean, just from a personality standpoint. Um, But, yeah, it's a huge shakeup. I mean, anybody else that I mean, I was kind of looked into those articles and like, oh, I hope John Baker is not one of them. But it seems like they're keeping the mental skills staff how it is with uh, Bob Tewksbury, Baker and Darnell McDonald. So far, they have. Did you, you hear- know uh,
4: it to me? It really looks like I said, when you see what happens with uh, a lot of these guys are going with Joe to Anaheim.
0: Yeah. Busted, uh,
4: so, you know, so bus is going to be out there. Uh, they're talking about uh, Butterfield is going to be going out there. Brian Butterfield, third base coach. Yeah. Um, and, and then that one that surprise. hasn't been. Yeah. Cause ever we were thinking when we, we last recorded that his health wasn't doing that great, but now he's going to the angels. So I guess it's good enough. I mean, when I heard he was going to
1: the angels, I thought he had actually died, but it was just the AL team.
0: Yeah. And, um, John Malley back up there with him. Yep. Yeah.
1: See, and I noticed that because that was one of those happened a couple of years ago. And, uh, apparently Joe never wanted to get rid of John Malley. That might've been one of those, one of the first sort of like little cracks in the, in the relationship. Yeah. Between the front office and the coaching staff is getting rid of John Malley when Joe didn't want to get rid of him.
4: I but see, I don't know if that's the case. I really don't know if that's the case. I why would Joe immediately hire him if he
1: like if that was Joe's idea three years ago or two years ago, why would he immediately hire him as soon as he left the Cubs?
4: I have a lot of questions about that whole situation and certain things that I thought I knew have kind of been upended. Uh, this was uh, at after they lost in 2017, that they did the, they fired Gary Jones, they fired uh, Chris Basio, they fired uh, Mailey and it was a shock. And, and, you know, I thought personally that it was really kind of Joe taking charge of things. But now now I'm starting to wonder if how much Theo did have to do with it versus not have to do it. But well, that- I
1: mean, th- those are Theo's calls. I mean, Joe wants his staff. I mean, Rossi will want his staff, but ultimately the front office has to hire them. And if wow. they don't fit in with their plans or whatever, if they think they've got somebody better you know, they're going to lean on him a little bit,
4: but but it's a collaborative effort. When, when Joe Madden came here, a lot of the guys that he got, he inherited. So Chris Bazio was a guy that he inherited. Uh, You know, a a lot of these guys were inherited. They weren't his guys. Uh, You, you know, I know that uh, the pitching coach that after Bazio that we got, uh, he was definitely Madden's guy over in Tampa Bay, but in general, they weren't really his guys.
0: And the other kind of bomb that dropped this week was that Joe was like, yeah, feelings mutual. I did not want to come back to the Cubs, you know? (laughs) And, and yeah, and and we identified that. I mean, this was a team that just seemed to have a disconnect throughout the organization, whether it be dealing with injuries. So that should shake it up or whether it be, you know, Joe pitching Brandon Morrow on two days and that pissing off Theo back in what, 2018, um, And that being a crack in the plaster, you know, that all adds up over the over time to need kind of a big shakeup. And I wish they would just, you know, I know it's not going to be the Twitter hashtag, but like, you know, everybody shake up or, you know, get ready for mediocrity or, you know, don't let the accounting exceed the accountability or, you know, whatever. I know it's not going to be that, but just and they would never be honest in that way, but.
4: I let's we, let, let's be honest would. here. They should just lower prices. Almost...
0: That's the way you're honest about it. You're like, it's now $35 instead of 40 You know, beer's 10 bucks again. I don't know what they have to do, but, like, they can't go on like this because the stadium will be empty if they don't compete, you know?
4: Joe Madden, you know, I don't blame him for anything as far as, you know, saying what he had to say. I mean, it was kind of a slap in the face when he didn't get his contract extended prior to the season. Uh, Say what you want about him. okay? prior to the season, all he did was win 90 games every season, three NLCS's postseasons every year, whether Michael Cotton thinks so or not, and a World Series title. So no, 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 no. You are correct in postseason. It's yes. Playoff. That ah, play, playoff. Make. Okay. So, so in this regard here, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Joe's son, Joey Madden, uh, who was great on Twitter when he was on, he kind of had to get rid of his Twitter because he started making some comments too when Dave Roberts got extended, but Joe Madden didn't. And it was kind of like, you know, Theo took that approach of, well, we'll see how Madden does this year. And that was kind of like, wait a sec, what do you... What do you we
0: already what knew do you, he was gone at that moment.
4: Right. And so you had that hanging over the team the whole year. So why would Joe want to come back when somebody basically let him dangle that whole season?
0: Yeah, no, he was like fuck y'all. <laughs> I, I really think he was. And Oh, uh,
1: but right, but that's what we're talking about. That's what we've been saying. I, I think this whole I think that someday we are going to hear the stories. Just like the 85 Bears took fucking 15 or 20 years, but now everybody knows the stories. The 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 shit that was going on behind the scenes that did not work, which is why it never went beyond 85. We are gonna to start to hear those stories someday about what was going on in the front office with Joe, with the players. Like it's I mean, there's plenty on this team, right? It just even went, though
0: it just it, went on too long and yeah. they've admitted it and they don't even do anything to fix it yet. But maybe this is the year. They said last year was the <laughs> This is spoken
1: like a true Cubs fan. maybe this is
0: the year. (laughs) No. And it's funny because it's the opposite. It's like, (laughs) this is the year that we are, we have a reckoning, you know, last year was supposed to be the reckoning year. It was not. So now they see that it just got worse. So they've got to do something. Otherwise it's going to get worse and worse. And you know, Ricketts isn't going to keep writing checks for this shit. He'll be like, well, shit. You know the numbers here say that I'll get in, I'll make you know this much on a Saturday in July, no matter who I put out there. You know who fuck the assholes uh, who buy season tickets in April and only get a quarter of the price if they can sell them at all. You know, like they they don't care uh, if if that is the the dollars and cents of it. Like Ricketts doesn't even go to the games anymore, right?
4: He's he is, I don't see him as much as I used to. I know he still exactly. kind of comes out there, but I still see him here and there. I guess he was passing out hot dogs in the bleachers one day. But uh, Ooh, you yeah. don't want to
0: take a hot dog from a Ricketts. Yeah, Not, you, you, know, know. you don't know where he got those from. Yeah, He got them from when Todd threw them away six years ago.
4: Grabbed them out of the garbage can. But, uh, you know, that was the big thing in CubsCon. It was a story I broke about. The Ricketts not doing a panel last year because last year was really one of the first times that people were starting to get pissy with them and they didn't show up for the panel. And now I'm very, very curious. I've heard nothing yet, but I want to see if they're going to be facing the music, you know,
1: to be fair. They had an IRS appointment that day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Every day. Oh, yeah. I got to go see the IRS. <laughs> I have a I think. Uh, but I'm going to try not to. Um, You know, I was thinking because, you know, these are human beings. And I know they're billionaires, and they're easy to be like old Dad Ricketts and PK Ricketts, and we make fun of them when we kid them. But in, in you know, they are human. They you know bleed blood. I think even though it's probably green and because they're I half mean alien, but...
1: I agree they they bleed blood. I just don't think they bleed enough
0: of it, <laughs> and it's blue. But um, <laughs> no. But here's what I'm thinking: if I really sat down with Tom Ricketts and be and said to him, listen. Cup fans are going to use you as a lightning rod to complain about things, but it's really not personal. Just play that role of old man Ricketts, and we're all going to have fun with it and love you no matter what happens, even if you're cum- curmudgeonly. Like, he tries too hard to be our buddy, is what I'm saying. and Or he was trying, and we're actually like, in the end, we turned on him anyway, he's like, You know, like, we used to scream, thank you, Tom, in his direction. We do not anymore. And he misses it. And we won't, but just let us love to hate you, and we could have a beautiful relationship. And I wonder if I actually had that conversation with him, if he would... You know be like oh it's that simple My therapist has been all wrong I should have listened to you Danny Rocket Yeah
1: well I mean it's the way That Steinbrenner ran the Yankees Exactly
4: Everybody
1: hated Steinbrenner But he was like I'm just gonna fucking pay out the ass Because at some point This shit's all gonna come together And everybody's gonna be happy And the Yankees are always in the news Because I'm paying for the best players I'm paying for the players that people pay
4: to see all the time, and and in that regard, though Ricketts was right, you don't just throw money all the time. You have to incorporate. That was the Yankees' problem for many, many years, was they would just buy whoever without really kind of thinking how. It I don't together. think it
1: ever hurt their bottom line.
4: No, I don't think so. But they didn't start winning championships till most of it was the homegrown talent that they had when they had the, yeah. the core four of Mariano and you're talking about Jeter and right. uh, some of those guys.
0: And then they got a Rod. Well, that was later,
4: Ag-
1: but- agreed. But they, you know, they actually had a good staff and a, and scouting and everything put together that those guys they won what three or four, not one, not one. They won like three or four.
0: Yeah, pretty legendary uh, when you think back on how hard it's been to repeat because if you look at the last few years there hasn't been anybody that's been able to there's been people that have been back like the Dodgers but uh you know. Uh,
1: they never won it at uh, all. I can't remember. I think maybe the Yankees are the last to repeat and that was in like
4: 97,
1: 98.
4: Yeah. That was 99 and 2000 and I think they almost oh. and they played Arizona in 2001. And they lost it. Was it game seven? Yeah. Mark Grace bit coming up big.
0: Yeah. Too bad he never could do it for the Cubs.
1: Well, he, he never got the opportunity to do it for the Cubs. He totally could have done it for the Cubs.
0: Just, so, they so,
1: never made the playoffs.
0: You know, p- pardon for the interruption, but you're not a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com Sunranto. So you've got to listen to the ad full feed as opposed to the ad-free feed. Uh, Cubstradamus did such a great job on that uh, Manscaped commercial the other day that I just thought, you know, I'd I'd have him back in here. So uh, I'm going to leave the room and Cubstradamus is going to come in and uh, here's a commercial.
3: Hey, everybody. This is Cubstradamus. And I am so honored that Danny offered to let me do the Manscaped commercials because I love their products. Because I am a hairy guy as you... many of you can imagine Uh, I've been growing hair pretty much for three thousand years and uh, so I'm glad that manscaped exists now because uh, it has the perfect tools for my family jewels so uh, you know one time uh, let me tell you a little story one time I was uh, manscaping myself uh, but I was doing it with a rock and also a hard place, and I was in there trying to cut off all my ball hair, and, uh, oh, I accidentally cut off one of my balls, but thankfully, I am a deity, and uh, I grew up another ball back. In fact, I now have three balls. That's uh, something you didn't really need to know, but now it makes it harder for me to uh, manscape my balls, but now with Manscaped... And their electric trimmer called the lawnmower. Oh, it's incredible. I don't nick or uh, snag my nuts, if you know what I mean. So, uh, anyway, all my manscaping accidents are a complete thing of the past. And uh, I I do not shave my face with this trimmer. This is specifically designed for my giant hairy balls. So, uh, I also try to use the uh, Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. And moisturizer afterwards. And uh, wow. Let me tell you. My balls smell amazing. So if like me. You want amazing smelling balls. You can get 20% off. And free shipping with the code. Armchair at manscapecom So uh, use the right tools for your, for the job. You know for your ball job. Uh, get 20% off free shipping. Uh, armchair is the, the uh, promo code. And uh, just do it. Armchair. Manscaped, uh, be as uh, awesome as me. Come, your Armas out.
0: So the last couple of moves that the Cubs uh didn't make, other the players did, um well actually one of them they made, they did not give Cole Hamills a qualifying offer. I don't think that surprised anybody. Um Hayward and Darvish will not opt out. So thanks a lot, Jason. Fucking asshole. Thanks <laughs> thanks for this piece, Jason, best Jason. Love season ever. I know it was great. When he was used properly, it was awesome. When he when he was batting sixth and, you know, kind of just a role player with some good defense, then it was great. Uh that leadoff thing, like, uh Oh, you- I
1: can't wait for next year. He's gonna be leadoff and center field. The and- leadoff
4: man this year is going to be is going to be Anthony Rizzo.
0: I think so too. Uh, He's your best option.
4: Unless unless they decide to give Zobrist one last crack at it. Oh, which I don't know what's no. going to happen. Zobrist is not coming back.
0: Living in the past. Oh, my God. We already got David Ross back. Now we got to get fucking Zobrist back at all his no, fucking problems. Zobrist,
1: Zobrist is going to the Angels so that Joe can bench uh, Tommy Lastella La again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, yeah. the only, Maybe Ben Zobrist will get re-signed. And then it, you know it'll all kick off with his wife again, and she'll be uh whoever she was stopping again. And then he'll Davy Martinez. Davy Martinez, obviously, <laughs> you know, because he's pissed about being uh, not even considered for manager of the year. But no,
1: Davy Martinez just enjoys Cubs second, Cubs, baseman Cubs second wives. baseman's second wives.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> so she stoops Davy Martinez. Uh, you know, Zobras has to leave the team again. And then we get another holdout reliever in the middle of the year because all that money's freed up again. And it's just like deja vu all over again. Let's hope this doesn't happen.
4: Yeah, I, I don't want, Zo-
0: I don't want Zobris back. Honestly, fuck that guy at this point. Now that they're working it out, I'm like, I'm done with you. But, and there's you know, no, the- there's no, uh, there's no money. There's no money to even do anything until you lose some money. That's, uh... the,
4: thing, the thing you worry about is, uh, you know, if you're going to go Nico Horner as your everyday second baseman, he's so young still and doesn't have a lot of experience. I know some people don't think that means a ton. And you do see young, you know, young guys, obviously, in the World Series, even performing at a high level. But y- it's a lot of pressure to put on a kid to say, okay, you're going to be leadoff in second base. You know, that, that's a lot of pressure.
0: On the right team, that would work. You know what I mean? I don't know how that would look with this team. You know what I mean?
4: I hear you and and that's that's the issue right now is everyone thinks that oh just put Nico Horner in and that's it. And 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 again, he is a very young player and he doesn't have a lot of exposure in the league and a lot of times once they start to kind of figure out the holes in your swings and and, and all that kind of stuff, that that's when it can get really really tough for a young player can they readjust? And and will this coaching staff you know, you know, we see a lot of coaching up on these guys. I have no idea, but uh, you know, starting the season with Nico Horner at second base, I just think that's a lot to put on a kid's plate.
0: Well, we don't even know who the coaching staff's going to be. I mean, we just don't know. I mean, I assume Tommy Hadovy's back. Um, you're, I- not gonna,
4: you're not going to you're not going to lose your pitching or hitting coach. Those guys are staying. Borzello's staying. I mean, you know, I don't see uh, I don't see Will Venerable going anywhere. I think that Loretta's done. So I think you're looking at a bench coach and a third base coach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Either way. I, I, and, you know, Butterfield was supposed to be Mr. Uh, base running and fielding. And then that's the thing that took a giant step back. And now he's on the, the Angels. Like, it's I don't understand how any of this works because, it, you know, it's like corporate America. You could just, like, keep fucking up and ruining the company. And, uh, hey, here's another job. So, uh, but at least, uh, you Darvish has been, uh, funny.
4: Well, you Darvish, uh, you know, it's weird. It's been such an interesting thing to kind of see when he first came to the Cubs, he was just so kind of quiet and reserved. And, you know, I knew, I, you know, I watched you Darvish pitch in, uh, Texas and a little bit in, uh, with the Dodgers, but I didn't know much about his personality. He, he's really funny. Uh, the, 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 it kind of, he's been posting a ton on Twitter and, uh, one time, somebody, it was uh, Corey from Cubs Insider, uh, who uh, ended up doing a Google translate of one of you Darvish's tweet, and it said, eat fried chicken until death.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Didn't I have that as a TFC one time, or did I not say that one? I, I don't I don't think so. I did, yeah. Dude, that was hilarious. But then it turns out the guy's name was Fried Chicken.
4: Right. So the guy's Twitter handle, his Twitter name was fried chicken. So you Darvish, he said something to you that you didn't like. So he said, I hope you eat fried chicken for every meal until he dies. And uh, they actually, someone else made a t-shirt of that and you Darvish was wearing it. So that was a crack up. Uh, And then yesterday Rizzo gets the gold glove and uh, you asks, you know how many times I've had to cover first base for him to win the gold (laughs) glove? I'm 60 feet away from first base, but him. He's only 10 feet away, but congratulations. Well,
0: you know, I actually have alerts on you, Darvish, set. So every time he tweets, I, I, not every time, he tweets a lot. Like, let me just tell you, like, that guy is not working out that much unless that's between sets because he's tweeting a shit ton and retweeting a bunch of people. But, um, you know, one thing that I've, I've noticed about what he, well, something he said recently was that his mental state is so much better. Like, something did happen for him in Chicago where he feels, I guess, part of the team or part of the city, and, like, he did feel like – you know, everybody called him a head case. It turned out that it was an injury, but I think it was a bit of a head thing. And, I I mean, he's signed for a bunch more years, so it's good if he gets it together, but um, I, I don't know. I kind of I, – I think he's hilarious. But I just wonder, like, where his brain's at right now. He's an interesting dude. I would love to, you know, he's fight. He was, fight, my, he have was him on the show. <laughs> well, of course, of course, I would. But I, you know, he was fighting with Dave Kaplan in the in the middle of the season. You know, about uh, his pitch selection. Did do you remember this?
4: Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. They he did. Yeah, and he's he is funny, and I think, like I said, we saw that come out more this year. I think a lot of times. When you talk about the mental case, I think when you sign those big contracts, those lucrative contracts, I don't care who you are. That weighs a lot on you for most players. Uh, You know, when you sign those mega contracts, it's 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 tough. Everybody's looking at you for you to perform. And, you know, I think you took it really personally that he wasn't his best that very first year.
0: I mean, he seems like a very serious dude. Goes about his business in a serious ways. obviously very talented. He gives a lot of credit to Tommy Hotovy and the Pitch Lab and the nine pitches or, you know, however you want to count it, that he can now throw. And I'll be, I mean, l- let me say this. He seems like an interesting human being and, is, and an even more interesting pitcher. Well, I don't know if that's fair to say. Like, equ- an equally interesting pitcher you know what i mean and that the fact that he's really i mean he's not a trick pitcher he's a power pitcher but he is a trick pitcher he's got a lot going on and i and to harness all that and to feel like a guy that's in the zone and comfortable in chicago you know that could be magical but obviously you're going to need more than than him
4: right but the thing about you that surprised me the most was when he talked to Craig Kimbrell about how to use a knuckle curve. And here, he, here was a pitch that the guy never threw in spring training, never threw before learned it in August. And then right away, he's throwing it for strikes. I mean, I, that that's incredible to me.
0: Yeah. And, and I don't even know even how you grip a knuckle curve. I would imagine with your knuckle. <laughs> right. And then you make the ball curve. Yeah. Jeez, it's self-explanatory. Yeah, exactly. The it's really like, don't name overthink of the, th- it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I don't know why everybody doesn't throw it.
0: So the first thing that has has to happen. and Let me lay it out this way: the first thing that has to happen is the Cubs need to ditch salary. So you know, I don't know what that's going to look like. It could be drastic, and uh, in in order to make moves, you're going to have to ditch salary. There's just no way around it. So I don't expect. Anything to happen until that happens, or if it's one of those like Starlin Castro move the money to get Benzobras on the team situations that happened when was
4: that? 20. That was 20 going into 2016. Going
0: into 2016, right. So, um, you know, so they're gonna have to move money, but you know, a lot of flurry of activity has happened around the major leagues. Um, we did hear that there's mutual interest from Big Stick Nick. To come back to the Cubs, they obviously loved hitting at Wrigley Field. Doubles machine. Uh, Tried to save the season. Wasn't enough because everybody else was miserable, including the manager. And um, anyway, I mean, we'd all be in agreement that that would be cool if he came back, right? Sure.
2: Sure. I
1: I liked Nick Castellanos at the end of the year. I thought he did a a great job. He was fun. Um, I think if you bring him back... Then you have to move Schwarber because I don't necessarily like him in right field, mainly because then you're moving Hayward to center field now. So if you have a if you have an outfield of Castellanos, Hayward and Schwarber, that's not necessarily your greatest defensive outfield.
0: Yeah, I feel like that does seem like the move, right? That somebody's got to go out of that outfield. And it's probably Kyle Schwarber. But I,
4: but I have a hard time trying to figure that out because, you know, Schwarber is not making all that much money. Right.
0: Why would you pay things
4: make him?
1: Yeah. No, it's not dumping him. You got to trade him for something. I mean, don't you feel right. like it's, it's... it's not as that? That doesn't have anything to do with the salary dump. That just has to do with the the common sense of it all. If you have Nick Castellanos you don't necessarily want him in right field because that's where Hayward plays
4: and and what I'm saying much
0: better there and what he's saying is big stick Um, Nick doesn't make sense
4: what I'm saying here is that is that you're gonna we're trying to cut payroll and you're gonna be adding a whole bunch of payroll with Castellanos yeah when you have so many other issues you got to deal with that bullpen has got to get fixed I don't know how many weeks or weeks or walks that San Diego has to trade, <laughs> but I mean, you 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 can't just keep doing that. You can't just hope that San Diego keeps giving you relievers. Uh,
0: well, they, they just gave us another one because Carl Edwards Jr. Uh, was uh, optioned to AAA, and then he chose to not be optioned, and he's now a free agent, so they could go get him. Um, although I don't think that's a very good idea. Although I I mean I love Carl. I would love to have him back as a person, but. I don't know if it was working out for him as a pitcher in Chicago. And I, you know, he probably, you know, in the same way feels, I, I was hoping for the best with San Diego. Cause I felt that he was one of those guys that really let the pressure of being in Chicago get to him
4: at a point. Um, I w- I don't know if you guys saw it. It was kind of an under the radar story by Mark Gonzalez of the Trib, but uh, there was a story about, you know, maybe him and Addison Russell enjoying the nightlife a little too much, even up to this, season and that there was times where they told russell and edwards to come in early uh it wasn't obviously madden but someone you know lower than him maybe it was um uh the bench coach or whatever but my understanding is they didn't show up and they didn't do that and right after that was boom boom they moved edwards and they demoted russell to iowa that was the shocking demotion of russell that people kind of didn't see coming but uh
1: do you think that's the signal that russell didn't get it was a text text message come in early oh i didn't know the signal
4: i think there were a lot of things about russell and and that's one contract that you look at right now that you got to say to yourself he's due about 5 million this year and uh you know, it, it may not. just be time. It, it's probably way past time. Way to cut past. The- oh, way
1: past. They should have never given him money last year.
0: Well, he, here. Sign, sign know the signs. I had it re- ready and cued. <laughs> um, no, fuck Addison Russell. We knew. And here's the thing. I really, I listened to everybody's, uh, my gut reaction when they went with Russell was this is not going to work, that this is going to be a black cloud over the organization for the year. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants him. Move him to another team. This is not good business. This is not good baseball. Get rid of Addison Russell. This isn't going to work. Theo's like, no, we're going to change the entire culture and everything in baseball. Everybody's going to learn everything about how to be a good person. And I'm going to be the difference. And then he didn't focus on the team. He focused on, you know, getting domestic violence classes for everybody. And, you know, John Baker was a big part of that. And like, it's all very good work that people should be doing. And it's definitely more important than baseball. Right. But. At the same time, uh, you know, uh, Addison Russell ruined not only last year in a way because you replaced the beloved veteran of Ben Zorbrist going through a, a affair with his wife and everything with the guy who made you take domestic violence classes, but Addison Russell also ruined the 2018 season as well by getting his ass suspended right when you needed him. Uh, so, it was, so then you have Daniel Murphy late-inning second baseman boating baseballs and looking like garbage out there and not getting to any baseballs. So Addison Russell has fucked over this team over and over again. He keeps getting all this chance, these chances and money. And uh, I mean, what the fuck it's got to end at some point, right?
4: I think the time, you know, like I said, way past time, but at this point you just cannot have this guy on the team anymore.
0: So you got to replace him. There's a lot of holes. So just tell us Tom, we well, Tom's the only one telling us, like, yep, not no more money. We're getting under the luxury tax, like, way under. And I think this is the year of wrecking. I th- I, they're not going to say it. They're going to try to sell you tickets. Uh, don't buy them at these prices. It's not worth it. And I don't know. Like, there's no, like, I even look at somebody like, well, for, Strasburg wants to be a free agent, right? They're not going to get him. They're not going to get Garrett Cole. They're not going to get Rendon. They're not going to get any of these guys, right? We get, do you agree with this or would you be, would you be shocked if they got any of those three guys?
4: Oh, I would, I would be, be absolutely shocked. shocked.
1: amazed. Yeah. Now, and then when they spent one day not pitching well, the whole fucking place would go nuts.
0: <laughs> and then but do you think that now would you be shocked if they got Dee Gregorius? You know, who, who was not offered the qualifying offer from the Yankees at $17, 18 million whatever. Um, they need a second baseman, Scooter Jeanette. I mean, they're going to cost you some money. They're going to cost you, you know, what, seven million, eight million? Does that sound about right? Maybe less. I don't know.
4: That's yeah. in the you're in the ballpark. You yeah. got Addison Russell at about five million, so I think those guys will be worth a little bit more than that. But Scooter Jeanette may be an interesting case. He got injured early last year. Uh, for Cincinnati, and then he just never seemed right the rest of the year. I'd be, you know, Scooter always... I don't See, this is why I don't play fantasy baseball is because I always worry about... I, I'm so Cubs-centric. I think how they perform against the Cubs is how they perform against everybody, like Billy Hamilton or Kirk Neuen- Weiss or something. You know, <laughs> so I, I got to double-check on Scooter, but he always seemed to kick the Cubs' ass.
0: Yeah, no, he was an amazing player when uh, facing Chicago. Other than that, he was uh, probably league average. But no, Dede Gregorius is another one that had injury problems with the Yankees last year and uh, you know, he could be back with them at a lower salary. But uh he just wasn't offered the qualifying offer. He's a free agent, but they need a second baseman in a way. I mean, you know, you could look at Ian Happ and say he could be it. Nico Horner, we don't really know what we have there. Ian Happ might be in center field if they move Almora. I just think there's going to be a lot of changes. Um maybe Ian Happ's not on the team. Like we just don't know. Um, but I think they're going to go with their cheaper guys and they're going to move the money. I think they're going to offer everybody an extension that's, uh, about to ready to come up with, you know, Baez Bryant, uh, um, who am I leaving out? Schwarber, maybe even Contreras, offer them all extensions and whoever says no, well, they're getting moved and that's, what's going to happen, you know, and that's how you, and you're not necessarily moving money, but you're. You're you're restocking at least at that point because you can get something for somebody like Contreras if if he won't sign an extension you can get something for him. If Baez won't sign an extension as much as I would hate the Cubs if he wasn't on it uh, on them. Um, you know if if you're not going to be if you're not going to be around, you got to retool some way. Just it's just the smart way to go, right? Yeah. I mean, because they're not going to sign. I mean, they're not going to sign any of the big names. So who could help you? Didi Gregorius, how much does he help? You know, to, to hand I don't,
1: I don't think he helps enough for the money that he's going to cost versus an Ian Happ and Nico Horner platooning at second base.
0: Yeah, and just, like, putting a team together, right? And, and then, like, like, the Phillies got rid of basically their entire old-ass bullpen that didn't work out. Um, Blake Parker amongst them if you remember him he had a cup of coffee with the Cubs he was on him for a couple of years right came up with them, right correct you know uh another expensive guy like and this would all you know Yasmani Grandal they're not gonna go get him probably one of the best catching uh you know ideas you could have for your team that might make a huge difference um I don't think they the, get him either, but you'd have to move Wilson. There's just a lot of moving parts, you know, so.
1: Yeah, they're, they're trying to, yeah, this is one of those things when they're trying to make trades. They're trying to trade one piece over here for another piece, but it only works if this piece that they're trying for this over here. And, you know, that's really hard. I mean, you're you're talking some three-, four-dimensional chess going on trying to figure out how you move everybody where they're supposed to be and end up with the best possible team that you can get without spending money
0: yeah in other words be the raise is that the name of this show (laughs) be (laughs) Be the the raise i'm back here at mybookie.ag, and i'm uh, looking at the updated odds to win the world series next year for major league baseball and, um, gosh, the Astros are still favored along with the Yankees. And uh, then it drops off precipitously to the Nationals and Red Sox. I mean, those are all actually terrible bets. Nobody likes the Astros. The Yankees, I don't know. You could take that bet, but you're not going to make it that much money. The Nationals, they're going to lose a bunch of people. The Red Sox, nah, they're rebuilding. They're going to trade everybody. The Dodgers, I mean, they'll be hanging around. The Brewers are up there. I mean, you know, the Cubs are down here at tw- plus 2400 And unfortunately, that's the same as the Mets. Nah, it's it's not a good picture. But, um, you know, why not take the Cubs? Because we could catch lightning in a bottle, like we've been saying on this show this entire time. So go to mybookie.ag, use promo code CHAIR. They're going to double your deposit. And uh, we thank them for sponsoring the show. And if you never want to hear an advertisement again on the Sun Ranto Show, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash And subscribe for a dollar a month. That's all it costs. There's uh, perks at every level. And, uh, well, you should just do it because it's only a dollar. And, hey, it's not that much money. So just do it. No more ads. Early listening. Your own RSS feed. Do it. Back to the show.
4: I mean, I... I it's, it's frustrating because we're in a major market. And if you watch the, the any Tampa Bay baseball, you ever watch the trope and see how few fans, like you could literally hear people having individual conversations. We shouldn't be having this discussion as a major market team.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's incredibly frustrating. Theo was, I mean, I, I blame Theo. I mean, he went, he spent like a drunken sailor. He He was off with Pearl Jam singing Jeremy, you know, for two years celebrating the World Series. Um, you know, the guy's a freaking legend. I'll give it to him. He deserves to celebrate, but at the same time, you don't get to celebrate and charge, you know, you, what, what do you pay per ticket? Five grand, six grand a year? Five grand
4: for your uh, ticket? Yeah, combined, it's about seven grand for the two seats. For two seats.
0: So, like, that's a lot of money to give up to watch this, uh, you know, kind of self-destruct and you know you can put some blame on the players like Almora. why aren't you better why did you never figure this out hey, addison russell why are you a piece of shit like all these dudes that didn't work out it's just it's it is the problem they're cheap but at but they're cheap for a reason you know at this and they're not even that cheap anymore you can get better just cut ties let them pick up somewhere else i don't even care what happens
4: which, I'm, I'm, like I said, it's it's difficult when you take a look at this because if, if you're going to throw in the towel on these guys for not signing extensions, I mean, then why really keep anybody almost? You know what I mean? Like, why would you sign someone to a major extension if they're not going to be good while the team's bad while you're rebuilding?
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is you can compete in the Central right now. I just don't know how much further you get than the Central. You know, it, well, well, I mean, obviously every team is going to make a – ton of moves between now and the season starting include, but I'm just looking at the Cubs and being like, are you going to make a ton of moves? Cause if you don't, I'm going to be disappointed. Like I would almost rather the lost fun season of just kind of trying to catch lightning in a bottle with some like grizzled veterans, you know, like what Descalso maybe should have been or could have been, um, I don't know. Like I they need just a magic. If they win it'll be magic that it happened. And it could happen because the central isn't great. So just have that team, but let's like cut the fat here. Like let's get let's get lean, let's get mean. And I think Cubs fans at, at least a fair amount of them would understand that. I know it's frustrating. I mean, it's like nobody wants to be like, yeah, let's next season sucks. Like let's end the podcast on this note. Hey, listen next week where we tell you how much worse it's gonna suck than you even imagined. Like
1: no, I'm saying wow. like I can't wait to say that because that means we know that they signed some shit bag at least we could talk about that. Like right now it's, there's nothing happening. Crawley, like-
0: Crawley, your silence is telling me that you really want them to like make the moves to get competitive and not let a window close that you still believe that they have what it takes to maybe get somewhere.
4: I do. If you let, you know, if we look at so you know, you've got four or five solid, solid guys. If, if they're healthy, if Chris Bryant can learn how to slide into bases and all that stuff. But when you talk about Rizzo at first, Javi at short, Bryant at third, catching, and if Schwarber can keep it up, you, you're talking about five really solid players and then you have Edward, you know, batting six, you know, it's it's it, you know, it's just really I don't feel like blowing it up right now is you know, to me twenty twenty was always I'm sorry, twenty twenty one was always kind of that magic season where you kinda of, I feel like you still have a run at this. Do things have to go right and do you have to make some right moves? Yeah. And they haven't done, that. you know, is there talent that's going to bubble up and maybe do something, whether it's Amaya or, or, or somebody else, Aliz whoever, I don't know, man, you know, sometimes young guys come out of nowhere and, and do something for you. I don't know, but I don't feel like, I don't feel like we're middle of the pack. I think we're a little bit higher than that, but if you don't address the needs that to me, that's that's baseball negligence at this point. Well, if you, you want to have the opportunity, well, he, means to do it.
0: Do you know what changes everything overnight? Because you're right; they've got all those bats, and a couple of little role playing bats, like a little Howie Kendrick. How about Howie Kendrick playing second base? He's a free agent. Like you just saw what he could do. He, you know, you know, parking balls into all, all fields. You know, he would terrible second baseman, but still, he can, he can little role play bet like that does not change the fact that you do not have the starting pitching that like a team like right now you've got you Darvish you've got Kyle Hendricks kind of I mean that's a you know it's a debatable case I think he's you know probably most comfortable as a number three who can sometimes really bring it you know but
4: right he's that's pretty much all you got
0: But that's all you got at this point. You got two guys. You don't have a top three. You got to go get somebody like Strasburg or you got to go get uh, Garrett Cole.
2: Otherwise, you're not the whole time,
4: because if you can do that, then you got a real competitive. uh, You got a competitive pitching staff. Now, when you look at John Lester, he's about 10 percent of the payroll at 20 million. Okay, this is his last year. So there's certain guys that are going to be coming off the books. I, I I just, to me, cutting now just seems like a really big mistake, you know, and, and I don't know how you structure the contract to get Cole in here, but if you had Cole one, Darvish two, Hendricks three, Lester four, Quintana five, like I've said before, that to me is very solid.
0: Absolutely. If, if you can, if you do that, I just think all of us would, you know, b- b- probably fall off our chair if, You heard that tomorrow Garrett Cole was signed by the Cubs. We'd be like, holy shit, are you serious? Oh, my God, entirely different perspective on what next year looks like. But I just – and I don't think we're just being pessimistic. I think we're being somewhat realistic in, you know, the signals they've given us in what payroll is going to do. I think they're going to try to get leaner and meaner. And so, I mean, which is not fun. Like, this – we're – We're paying for our past success, and you know our young guys getting more expensive, and Theo never trading any of them. Like there's been mistakes made, and we're paying for them right now. And unfortunately, it sucks to go through. And I hate to like be—I don't know—realistically pessimistic, but I'm a little pessimistic about what it looks like, unless they, you know, somehow make magic happen. With all um, I know,
4: and I know it probably doesn't mean a lot to. Tom Ricketts, but you know if if they're going to sit there and try to pull the same thing they did last year, you know they're de- he's definitely going to hear it i don't care i don't care what happens there's people that are going to be pissed off because this was supposed to be something that was supposed to be rolling for a while, and then all of a sudden, this started last season out of nowhere i My understanding is is that uh that that budget was sprung on Theo right at the end of the season, very clear that we were going a different direction, and the spending wasn't going to happen and if this happens again this year. I think it's a huge mistake. I think that there there's so many more revenue streams coming to this team right now. There there, there's no excuse. If you want to win, then go ahead and win. That's you, you. You're at the big boy table. Now you're in a major market with Chicago. You've gotten everything that you've asked for. Now go ahead and start reinvesting in the team like we've always been told would happen.
0: Yeah, well, they, he already couched that, too. He's like, oh, yeah, that TV thing. Well, it wasn't exactly what we said. It was. It's going to really take a couple years before we get going, and we get the uh, Jason Hayward speech writing show going. And, you know, they've already couched that. They've already told us that the money is not going to be what it is. And, I mean, and they've already talked. I mean, just them even talking about the luxury tax. Like, this shouldn't even be coming out of your mouth. You know, you're a billionaire. You shouldn't be, like, complaining about having to pay money. But they do. They do every time that anybody asks them anything, they complain about money. So, um, I don't know. We're kind of done with the show in a way, huh? It's hard to know <laughs> when the show's over, when it's the off season Because now there's not even, I mean, I guess we haven't done a show since the Nationals actually won the World Series. So, congrats, Nationals. Or did we a show since then
4: i we have not yeah it was during the game right oh it was during the correct
0: yeah it was during the game and then they won during game six
1: so congrats. oh by you know,
0: the way i'm gonna get the washington <laughs> johnny's uh gonna get johnny onomatopoeia on here too at some point
1: yeah i think we saw in game six the way that uh aj hinch ran that bullpen that was um, seven
0: that was seven
1: or no oh yeah game seven sorry so game seven, the way AJ Hinch ran that bullpen, that was our worst nightmare for game seven in 2016. It yep. just went better for the Cubs than it did for uh, the Astros. Yeah. When I was watching it, I'm like, "Oh, this looks way too familiar."
0: Uh huh. Yeah, Cub fans were uh, commenting on Twitter about it too. Yeah, you yeah, weren't Grinkey the only one. was
1: doing well. I didn't see him coming out that early. Didn't make sense
4: panic uh to me when I looked at it you know I think that Granke gave up the home run to Rendon walked the next batter and then the mistake that they made is right there that that you have a momentum swing in the game right there what you want to do at that point is they should have had Ozuna up I want to say this is a seventh inning you have Ozuna up because he's a closer he's used to you know, having to put fires out sometime. You get him in there as your best closer, as your best relief option. And then you could have gone with Garrett Cole, 8 9. And I think that's where it was lost.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, congratulations to the Washington Johnnies, though. Like, I, I loved every bit of that until today <laughs> when, when Kurt Suzuki was like wearing a mega hat and,
1: like, oh, so <laughs> and, getting, sad. and
0: getting his tits felt by Trump. I'm like, what the hell are you people doing? <laughs> oh, that's insane. Although, yes. I, I, although I can't say like as much as I hate that motherfucker. Um, I I can't say that if I was on the Washington Nationals, I probably would have gone to the thing, and had Trump felt my feel my tits. But that's only because I'm a punk rock guy. I
1: I, I would not have. I would have gone up. I and loved like, I love Doolittle's statement about why he didn't go. I thought it was handled very well, and it made total sense.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I love Sean Doolittle, and and there's a bunch of nationals that that did not participate in today's events. But, um, you know, at this point, I I would rather go and uh, I don't know, talk to him. You know, tell him what I think. Take the opportunity to tell him what I think, as opposed to just like letting him have it and like not having me in the room because at this point, me in the room with him is not necessarily the most pleasant thing for him.
1: Yeah, get up there, get up there with your maga hat on and start chanting lock him up.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, no. I'd, I would <laughs> I, I would make it look I'd Kanye him out, like I'd just weird him out and then all of a sudden I'll be like a diplomat to Korea. Like he'll probably <laughs> hire me cuz I'll act so crazy. I'm just looking for a job. Like let's truth be told, <laughs> I just want a job but not one that I eventually go to jail for. So, oh,
1: then you don't want to work for him?
0: No, no. Well, maybe in a diplomatic role. So, uh, <clears throat> so let's end the show. Let's. Uh, it's over. Uh, TFCs. Anybody have anything? Yep. You do.
1: I do. I I have an old one, and then I found one too. So my first one is. Uh, Back, let's see, this might have been game five of the World Series. Uh I don't know who this guy is, but he wrote the Astros figured out how to win game five how to win games. They never really figured out how to be human beings. So that was Whoa. some that was some harsh Savage. That was that was pretty savage. But then uh no. Do you have one? Do you wanna split? I these don't, I bit? just have
0: a stupid little story that I heard yesterday. Which I could tell real quick. Um, okay. But uh, you know John Vincent, the anthem singer for the Cubs? Yes. Corolla, you've met him, right?
4: Oh, yeah. I've talked to him plenty of times. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. Guy.
0: He's the guy that, if you don't know, he's the guy that holds free really long and sounds like Frank Sinatra. But he also does impressions of all these other singers. Anyway, he also does, and I didn't know this, he does motivational speaking, and he comes to, like, junior highs, and he, I guess, like... He had emotional problems at some point and like he goes and talks about that and makes kids, you know, you know, basically feel empowered. It's an he's an empowerment speaker, motivational. And he went to my friend uh Lauren's uh high, uh junior high and was a motivational speaker. <laughs> And the principal was really excited. The superintendent came because he was really excited. And then John Vincent, he he, he dropped F-bobs during his thing. Oh, really? <laughs> had, at and, a middle school? Yeah, at a middle school. And And they were all like... You know, do we tell him, like, do do we go up and be like, John, you can't swear here. me didn't give a shit because, and I fucking love John Vincent. I love that he does that because, like, first of all, junior high kids already talk like this, so let's not pretend that this oh, is yeah. even a problem, okay? Because it's not. So uh, I guess, like, you know, John Vincent's like, I'm, so somebody's bothering you, somebody's making fun of who you are, not respecting you fuck him <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like yes if only somebody had told me that in junior high be like yeah fuck that guy like you fuck him
4: now John Vincent's about as good a guy there is I'm actually going to see he's got a show that he's doing um, in December he's doing a couple of shows uh, in, uh, in Lakeview so I'm gonna go check him out he's a great talent great guy really cares about people so, yeah, he's you couldn't am- ask for a better guy.
0: He's amazing. We had a great laugh, me and well, Lauren, that was telling me the story. We had a great laugh over brunch about it because, you know, a lot of dudes, if they're dropping f bombs at the junior high, you're like, uh, probably shouldn't. But John Vincent, like, those are well placed f bombs. I guarantee it. And the kids needed to hear it right then and there. It might have changed somebody's life. Like for example, <laughs> the kid that like tells his teacher to fuck off might have just gotten like they look at John Vincent and they're like hero. Like this guy does not give a fuck.
4: So the, I love him. The, the The TFC that I got has to, uh, you know, Danny. You were out in New York for a while, and uh, Mike Francesa is a. Uh, is a sports radio icon out there. Oh, sure, yeah. But he is definitely uh, past his prime. Mm -hmm. There's a Twitter account called Funhouse, and it's at back after this, A-F-T-A, this, uh, just making fun of Francesca. But this happened about an hour ago. Fartgate. We had fireworks today if you missed it. Mike Francesca appeared to have farted during his morning show on the app. (laughs) I posted the clip at 10 a.m., the Daily News then wrote a story about the fart this afternoon. Here, Mr. Francesca aggressively denies the allegation. And so they, they have these clips of him. And it, it's just funny because sometimes he'll literally fall asleep and you'll see him kind of just kind of jolt awake. And some of these will do it all there. And so it's, it's literally clips of, of Mike Francesca upset, probably about six to eight minutes of different clips where he's just denying farting and absolutely incredulous that somebody accused him of farting on the air. What he, I think he really did. He was pretty upset. Well, do you
0: th- I, I might have it here. Let's see if we can hear it. I
3: don't usually make rash decisions with coaches. I try to be reasonable. I understand what their Does livelihood is. I understand how much time they put into it. On I've been that. around a lot of coaches. Yes. I understand how much work they put into this, especially NFL head coaches. But – when you cannot function, when <laughs> you're not functioning as a franchise. That's when you have to make a change. And to me, the Jets cannot function. But when you cannot function,
0: I like I love when he he farts as he says. When you cannot function, as <laughs> as he functions.
4: So yeah. so I'm sorry. You know that it's just the 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 juvenile in me just loves you know hearing old you know old New York accent farting on the middle of being on air.
0: Oh yeah, good stuff. Um, all right. All well, right. I I speaking oh, I of had, I had one more. Speaking one. of farting on air, here's uh Michael's next TFC. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, this is on uh Kaplan posted this uh talking about the Cubs World Series. Three years ago today, the most insane, ridiculous sporting event of my life happened. It was a microcosm of everything it meant to be a Chicago Cubs fan. For me, nothing that will happen in sports can ever top it. Well, of course, there's a whole bunch of you know people, you know, agreeing with him and stuff. And then some of them, you know, want to say, Oh no, this was a better sporting event. And old uh, TKG says, Okay, I get it, Cubs fan. My best moment game, it was the Indiana High School Basketball State Championship, Plymouth High School versus Gary Roosevelt High School, two overtimes. And then he posts an article. And the title of the article is Legends of Hoosier Hysteria The Night a Fat White Kid Became an Indiana Legend
0: Oh yeah God I love that And that just
1: made me crack up Like that's the greatest night ever Is when a fat white kid Became an Indiana Legend You
0: know what it might have been We just weren't there (laughs) It might have been It was from 1982 I don't know We were not there I was eight I was eight I missed the whole thing I was in bed Oh, uh,
1: uh, and you know, fat white kids took it hard back in 82. There was none of this like bully stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. No, that's back in the day. That's that's the day of swirly whirlies. And if you're a millennial, look it up because you don't want to get a swirly Whirly. Yeah, is, I is can't believe they didn't called? make a
1: movie out of that thing. Like, S- <laughs> like Rudy. Is
0: is is that what it was called, though? A swirly Whirly when they stuck your head in the toilet and flushed it?
1: Uh, we just called it a swirly. Same swirly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we rhymed that shit,
1: and I never knew anybody that ever actually had one of those happen to me.
0: No, but it was a threat, yeah. The, th- the threat, <laughs> the threat of it. So, uh, well, there, I guess there's the show, and um, I, I would actually before we leave, I would like to ask everybody. Um, uh, I never ask people, uh, but why don't you uh, review us on iTunes or Stitcher if you listen on Stitcher or anywhere you can review us? Review us. Please give us five stars. If you hate our show, I don't even know what you're doing here two hours. If you hate
1: our show, give us five stars and then tell us why you hate the show.
0: Yeah, because I'll enjoy that. But no, it'll help us. Uh, It'll help us. So give us a review. And uh, Spagak.
4: Spagak!
0: My name's Danny Rocket.
2: I'm going to sing a little song I wrote about the commissioner of baseball, Bob Manfred. Rob Manfred likes opening days in winter He likes baseball games that don't go on too long Rob Manfred likes more offense from the hitter Likes juicing up the ball and hitting dongs Intentional no walks with just a finger, and old umpires who are always blowing calls. Likes the National League DH, but there's one thing Rob Manfred hates. Rob Manfred hates baseball. It's true. Rob Manfred likes a pitch clock for the pitches. He likes batters who stay inside the box. He likes lessening the ball drag with lower stitches. He likes Braves fans and their stupid racist chop. Rob Manfred likes pitchers to face three batters. And not paying minor leaguers at all. Likes when catchers don't block the plate. But there's one thing Rob Manfred hates. Rob Manfred hates baseball a shame too, it's such a wonderful sport Rob Manfred likes TV deals and blackouts he likes it when you can't stream on your phone he likes it when ticket prices keep the fans out and upholding the banning of people He likes robot umps and putting runners on seconds So extra innings don't go on too long He likes putting money in the bank But there's one thing Rob Manfred hates Rob Manfred hates He wants to punch it in the face Rob Manfred Hates baseball Damn shame Rob, seriously It's a wonderful sport